0: Um this morning uh we're going to be talking about this is really a kids message this is really a kids message so if you're uh not a kid anymore uh you're just an onlooker okay it's not that none of this will apply in fact all of it applies to you uh but what i'm telling you it's primarily for the kids here today um do you ever feel uneasy inside maybe anxious uh maybe nervous Uh, I think about that because I think about going to school now I don't go to school anymore and I'm happy about that kids I'm really happy Uh, I'm thankful Um, if we had to go to school our whole life uh, boy would that be discouraging for the adults here today there's no sense of graduation you're forever in school there's always things to learn but sitting in a classroom that's rough but uh, that's kind of the transition that's going on here, kids, right? Some of you are heading back to school. Uh, some of you are, are starting up school again if you're homeschooled. Others, others here, I, I hate to say this, but others are leaving to go to school, right? You're leaving. Um, and they're all pumped to get out of Tehachapi. And uh, they may realize one day that Tehachapi wasn't as bad of a place as they uh, made it out to be. Anyways... Um, we have all these things going on. Uh, parents, some of you uh, are sending your kids off to school or your kids are heading back to school. That's a transition for you. And sometimes, kids, this is what happens. Uh, we get nervous inside. We're anticipating what's going to happen. And I remember our kids uh, watched this little video, Franklin the Turtle. Have you ever seen Franklin the Turtle? And he was all nervous. Hopefully, not recently or anything like that. But, uh, anyways, Franklin, he was talking about the first day of school and he was so nervous. And, uh, he, he always started out with what he could do. He could count by twos and tie his shoes and all these other things, but he couldn't do this. And he was heading off to school and he, he was saying, I can't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to sit with. I don't know if I can count till a gazillion and 42, and I I can't even spell chrysanthemum. And uh, he had all these things going on in him that he was nervous about, and he goes, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I want to talk to you kids today about being ready, being ready. Because there's some things that we go into and we're just ready for them. We're excited about them. We can't wait for them to come. We're, we're excited to go. We're excited to be there. And other things, we're going, oh, I don't want to go. I don't, I don't feel like it. I get all those weird feelings inside. And so today I have seven things for you, kids. Seven things to get you ready to go to school, Uh, For you parents, maybe to go to a job interview, maybe to go to the picnic this afternoon. I don't know where you uh, classify all these things. But just so that you would be ready to go into those situations that you may not feel personally ready for. Okay? So really, it's the, uh, the idea this morning about how can we walk confidently with God. So I got seven things, kids. You ready? The first one is this extremely important, important. Don't be afraid of your teacher's principle or your duty. Okay. Don't be afraid of your teacher's principle or your duty unless you are doing something bad, unless you're doing something bad. Uh, Romans 13 verses three through five. This is what God's word says. One must be of subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Real simple concept here, kids. It's super important. Um, Your teacher is going to get mad at you if you break the rules. The yard duty is looking out for people who are mean to one another, so they get in trouble. The principal will bring down punishments on those who do what is wrong. And God has set it up that way. But this is really important too. Turn it to the Romans or the Proverbs passage, please. Proverbs twenty-eight one. This is what it says. Read this with me. The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. You know what I picture for you kids this week, maybe it's this week, maybe it's even going to a a soccer team or a birthday party or where you're just feeling, there's two ways to go in that. Sometimes we're scared of everything because we realize we've done something wrong. Kids, you you say, "I, I don't quite get that. Ask your parents about it. Do your parents say, when they see a police officer, do they go, oh no, oh no. Why do they say, oh, no? Right? If you're going too fast, you better say, oh, no. Right? There's a sense of being afraid of everything, you know. Oh, no, that looked like a police officer. No, it's just a car, (laughs) you know. I'm afraid. But what does it say? If you're doing what God wants you to do, kids, this is super important. What are you like? Bold as a lion. Bold as a lion. I want I, I picture you this week, kids. If you're heading off to school, parents, if you're in heading into some scary thing and you I, I picture you understanding that you're doing what God wants you to do and walking as a lion into that situation. You know, lions aren't scared of much. You know why? Because they go, I got it. It's okay. I'm the king of the jungle. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. I can handle this. That's who the the ones are that do what God wants them to do. I, I want to tell you, kids, if you're doing what God wants you to do at school, you don't have to be afraid of your teachers, your principal, the yard duty. You don't have to be afraid of them. If you do what's bad, you'll be afraid of everybody, and you should be, okay? That was number one. Number two... Number two, enjoy recess. Enjoy recess. Okay? Recess is not for bugging people, fighting, saying mean things, or cheating at games. That's not what recess is for. You, you you think, well, how did we get recess or any good time? Well, everyone has some good time, right? They have they have free time where they say, hey, I can do whatever I want. Why did God give you good times like that? Why is it that He blessed you with that? Why is it that He gives you things where you can do whatever you want? So you can bug people, cheat at games, make people feel bad, call them mean names. No, that's not. In fact, let's look at what the Scripture says. Come in. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 9 through 11. Listen to this. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for this is what you are called, to what you are called, that you may obtain a blessing for whoever desires to love life and see good days. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Uh, and, and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. I want you to get this. So you picture yourself, you get recess, and you say, what am I going to do with recess? What am I going to do? Am I going to play kickball? Am I going to play ball tag? Am I going to hang out with my friends and talk? What am I going to do? It seems weird to me, kids, and I've never quite understood this, but I know it to be true, not just for kids, but for adults. Sin seems like the thing that everyone wants to do. I I remember going on a, a... A school and I I talked to a student there. They were in middle school, and this is what this student told me. He didn't even know me. We started talking, and he says, Hey, you you want to go make fun of the Russian kids? I'm an adult. And he, he comes up to me, he goes, Hey, they're right over there. Let's go make fun of them. He thought that was something to do with his recess. Hey, what do you do at lunch? Well, you polish off your lunch and then you go make fun of people, right? And, and we do that. We think that way sometimes, kids, right? Let's go tease that one girl. Let, let, let's go make fun of those kids over there. Let, let's go cheat at that game so that we can win and be the best. And kids, this is what I want you to get in your mind. Adults, this is what I want you to get in your mind. Kevin, you need to get this in your mind. We may go about doing that. We may start gossiping and complaining and talking bad. And we need to snap to and think in our mind, is this why God has given me this moment? Is, has He provided me this opportunity for a recess so I could sin? No. In fact, what does it say? Verse 10. Whoever desires to love life and see good days. Do you want to love life and see good days? I do. I do. I'll tell you how to do that. I'll tell you how to do that. We need to fight against the urge To use our recess and the times that God has given us to sin against one another. We need to fight against it. In fact, kids, I'd encourage you about this. If you're not paying attention and all of a sudden you get involved in a game where everyone's fighting and cheating, bail out. Bail out. Just run away. Got to go. Got to go. Where you got to go? Someplace else other than here. What are you going to go do? I don't know. Not this, because I want to love life and I want to see good days. I want to enjoy my recess, so I have to fight for it. You know what? Um, some of you are retired here. You got to fight to enjoy your retirement. You got to fight, not fight with one another to enjoy your retirement, but fight to enjoy it. Some of you are in college, and you, you know you say, "Well, I'm having the best days of my life." You need to fight to enjoy that. And how do you do that? By honoring the Lord. By guarding, how does it say it? Uh, Guard your tongue from evil and his lips from speaking to see. And turn away from evil. Turn away. You turn that one. Say, ah, wrong direction. Got to go the other way. That's the way. That's the way you're going to enjoy your recess and any other good times that God has given you and provided for you. Okay? That was number two. Number three. Remember your spiritual breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Remember your uh, your spiritual breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 1 Peter chapter 2. Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up in salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Um, so, you know... Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. They say, right? That's why they made bacon, by the way, because uh, it's the most important meal of the day. Um, I'm just joking. There are others: the eggs, bacon, cheese, all those things. Uh, eat, uh, eat breakfast. Why? Why do you eat lunch? You know? Why do you eat dinner? Why, why do you? Why do you eat food? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, most of the time. You don't have to think if you're hungry or not. Did you know that? If someone asks you, are you hungry? You go, yes, no. Yes, no. It's a real simple answer. You, most of the time we don't go, hmm, let me think about that for a moment. Let me study that out, whether I'm hungry or whether I'm not. In fact, what's the example here? Um, it, so, some of us do, by the way. You know, We're trying to cut back and we try to play mind games you know you put something that you like in front of you uh, and it's a food maybe maybe even a dessert and someone says you, you take a few bites and you say i've had enough and you push it away and you say do you still want more no i i don't i've had enough i'm trying to cut back have you ever seen an infant do that they're very focused right food I want it. I want it now and I'm going to die without it and maybe in the next five seconds. And so I, I, I just want it. I, I just need it. I, I got to have it. That's the kind of hunger, kids, that we should have for spiritual things. That, that's that's the way we should go to mealtime. I realize maybe we don't think that way. That's why God gave us this amazing picture of little kids. Uh, If if you don't know about this, follow around some baby in a baby carrier. And and if you're there for very long, eventually they will flip out. They will flip out because they're hungry. Because they're hungry. Um, Some older of us do that as well. Why do we eat so that we can grow? We eat that we would grow. Okay? Kids, you need... You need spiritual input into your life. You need to be around the Word of God. You need to be at church. We have a WANA program here. Mrs. DeHart was sharing about that. That's for your spiritual growth. We we have a a middle school group that meets here every week. What, What night is that again? Thursday at 6.30, right? And then the high schoolers meet on Wednesday. We have Bible studies for adults. We have Sunday school. We have children's church. Why do we have all this? I'll tell you why. Um, So that you would grow spiritually. That's why. That's the only reason. Let me ask you a question. Um, What's the most important thing these days in school? Does anyone know? I know it because I'm the pastor. No, I'm just saying I get the last word. But does anyone know what the most important thing is in school these days? Attendance. Attendance. Right, you know, if you don't go to school, uh, they call your house. It's usually a robocall these days, but um, and if you don't respond to that, they make you they send you nasty notes, and then, you know. And what's the greatest award you can win at school? Attendance, attendance. I want to tell you, at church and in the things of God, when it comes to spiritual things, attendance is not the only thing. You get this picture. This is super important. Um, and we'll get to this in a moment uh, with another point as well. Just because you're here doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it's, is attendance to a meal, is that how we grow? No. You can sit at the table. You can eat the things that aren't healthy for you. And you're not going to grow. What it is, it's being there, it's being there, and it's eating. It's taking in healthy food and wanting it. I'm always so blessed when I see people dying to be in the places where they can grow spiritually. Where they're scrapping their schedule. They're saying, oh, it doesn't fit in. Uh, I'm tired. I'm sick. I I don't have the right outfit. But i got to go because I need to grow. That's the kind of attitude you want, kids. It's not that you're going, does it fit into my busy schedule? Do all my friends think I'm cool when I go? But no, you show up and you say, I'm here to eat. I'm here to, to take in that spiritual meal of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So that's how we grow. It's interesting, before we move on, um, Verse 3, it almost seems like that should be before, but this is inspired. It puts this in here to make us think, how do we move on? If indeed we have tasted that the Lord is good. If you don't think the Lord is good, you're not going to want to eat at his table. You're not going to want him to take over your life. But if you understand him to be good, you're going to go, there it is. That's me. I want more of that. I want more. So there it is. Uh Remember your spiritual breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Number four. Number four. Remember this, kids, um, that the inside matters most. The inside matters most. Uh, Luke chapter uh, 11, verse 39, talking to religious leaders, says this, and the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees, cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. He gives a picture here that's really important to see, kids. It's that these people were the the religious leaders. They were supposed to be so great, holy people. And they looked good on the outside. They, They appeared to be all that God wanted them to be. But inside, they were filled with wickedness and greed. And kids, the problem with this is that we can only see on the outside, can't we? We look at people and we say, are they nice? Well, they dress nice. Are they kind? They, they look like they might be. They dress nice. You know, they have a nice lunch pail. You know, we can see that. They have nice shoes. They, they We can see what's on the outside. But what's on the inside is that which matters most. It's not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What you're outside, it matters if you're clean on the inside. We, we sang about that earlier. I can't help but, it's not in my notes, but I can't help but move on. Some of you have seen, um, you've heard of the, the comic strip Peanuts. Have you ever heard of that? Okay, and there's one famous character in there when it comes to being clean is Pigpen pig pen and he's always got this dust cloud of filth just following him and somebody was making some comment about him being filthy and he says i'm clean on the inside clean on the inside i think about that and i think how important is that how much you greater value another passage first peter chapter three um Uh, passage directed towards wives specifically, but it says this, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight is very precious. You see, kids, this is what's so important for us to get is that uh, shoes don't last, outfits don't last, even our outside appearance does not last. Your hairdo might not even last, okay? You know, personal testimonial here. I had great hair one day. I have some pictures of me in junior high, and I had it all feathered back and everything. I was looking smooth, okay? But that doesn't last. But that doesn't last, because what is on the inside is that which matters most. And in fact, uh, you get the that with, of the heart is imperishable, imperishable. And you go down a little further, which in God's sight is very precious. God values what's on the inside of you. He values what's in the inside of you. Some of you are going to roll into school this week, and uh, you are super excited because you got some new shoes, you got a new lunch pail, got a new backpack, maybe got some new pencils. Um, I don't know what it is you're all excited about. What's going to happen, I'll tell you what's going to happen, is you're going to see somebody, and they're going to go, my lunch pack, my my lunch pail is better than yours, and you're gonna go oh. And they say your shoes are dumb looking, <laughs> and, and and they're gonna start attacking the outside. It happens to all of us, doesn't it? That we struggle and we compare and we look at a magazine and we put our picture next to it. We we see what success looks like and we don't see it. And and we gotta say in our heart and remember in our mind. This is not what matters most. It's what's going on. God doing in my heart. So to look on the inside. And know that that's what matters most. Number five. It's connected with number four. But don't be afraid of what people think of you. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25. The fear of man lays a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Um. This messes up more kids in school than anything. Anything. We walk into a room, we get in our classroom, we go on the uh, recess, we go to lunch, and then we start doing this. Then we start doing this. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do, Do Do you like my shoes? Do you like my lunch pail? Do you think I'm funny? Do you think I'm funny? Do you think I'm strong? Do you think I'm a good soccer player? Do you want me on your team? Do you want me on your team? Do you, do you, what do you think of me? And, and if they give you the thumbs up, you're like, I made it. I'm in. But if they give you the thumbs down, you go, oh, no. Oh, no. I want to tell you, that's a huge trap for you kids. Huge trap. And it's a huge trap for your parents and grandparents as well. That they would care so much about what everyone else thinks that they're, they're afraid. What will people think of me? When they get dressed in the morning, what, what will they think of my outfit? What will they think of my test score? What will they think of the, you know my jokes that I tell, my stories? My, what, will they think I'm a good player? Will they think that, I, that I'm smart? Will they want to be my friend? What, what if? All that is a huge trap that you can fall into, and it's awful, kids. It's awful. Fear of man is, lays a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Isn't that beautiful kids, you can be protected. Kids come up to you, and they say, "I don't like your shoes." That's okay. It's fine. Like God provided these shoes for me, and I kind of like them because He provided for me. Your shoes are nice too. You enjoy your shoes, but I'm going to enjoy mine. Okay. I don't. Th- I don't think you're very fast. That's okay. I don't think I'm very fast either, but God made me this way. He loves me and I trust in Him. He's good. He's good. The other way is a a, a trap for you kids It's a trap for you adults if you are so concerned with what everyone else thinks about you that you forget that you have a God who loves you and can be trusted. Don't be afraid of what people think of you. Number six. Number six. Be kind and forgiving be kind and forgiving kind to everyone encouraging to those who are weak and looking for partners that you can go and encourage one another colossians chapter 3 tells us what we're supposed to live like what this new life is supposed to be like after we come to christ this is what it says put on then as god's chosen ones holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. This is so hard for us to get, is that in this life, whether you're going to school this week, whether you're going to work, whether you have family members that you're having to relate to, in this life, God has made you to be different. And he's made you to be kind and forgiving. And you say, well, you've never been on the playground. It's been a while. Okay, I'll admit that to you. It's hard for me to hear kids interact with one another because they are mean, right? It's hard for me sometimes, to be honest, to hear adults communicate with one another because they're mean to one another as well. It's my selfishness against your selfishness, and we just kind of have this fight, and it's what they call the survival of the fittest. And sometimes that happens, and you say, well, how can I be kind and compassionate? Real simply, because of what Jesus does in your heart. Put on this again now, as God's chosen, what's holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, Bearing with one another. I love that picture, bearing with one another. You know what that means? Is there's super annoying people in your life. Super annoying people. And some of you are those super annoying people too. At times, at times, okay? And what happens there is, you, how do you do that? You say, well, just punch them. It just fixes everything. No, it's not what we're supposed to do. You may feel like that. But it says bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. Treat them kindly, even if they don't treat you kindly. You say, well, how can I do that? It's going to get worse here. Bearing with one another. But anyone has a complaint? Forgiving one another. Okay? Some of you say, man, I can tolerate someone, even if they're annoying. But, but forgiving them for being annoying and forgiving them for doing those things. Man, I, I don't want to do that. This is the way most of us think forgiveness works, okay? So you sin against me. You say something mean about me, and you say, "Um, I need your forgiveness. And you say, oh, I forgive you. I forgive you. So you sin against me, and I forgive you. And I say, well, I may need this later, okay? And so then I sin against you, I sin against you, and I say, oh, I sin against you, and you forgive me. And so it's like offsetting penalties, okay, in football. You did something wrong and I did something wrong and we'll just kind of go like this, you know, it's offsetting penalties. You sin and I sin, you know, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, wouldn't you be glad to be a sinner too or something like that? You know, that's the way we look at most forgiveness, but it's not that way. It's an L, okay, if I can give you the picture here. This is how it works. The last line there says, as the Lord has forgiven you, we receive forgiveness first. We receive forgiveness first. And then, and then, and only then, are we equipped to hand it out and hand it out. That's the way this works, kids. How can you be kind and forgiving? It's real simply. God's been kind to you. He's forgiven you of all your sins. Everything you've ever done, everything you ever will do, he will forgive you. And he hasn't done anything wrong, right? So it's not like this, right? It's just boom, he gives you forgiveness. And because he has forgiven you, you can forgive one another. That was number six. Be kind and forgiving. Well, kids, if you're keeping score, we're on our last point. told you there were seven. Here they are. Number seven. God goes with you, even to school, even to school. God goes with you, even to school. Hebrews chapter 13, this is what it says. Uh, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, kids, some of you are struggling. You say, Pastor Kevin, I don't know how this applies to me, okay? I'm not stealing people's milk money. I don't want four lunches. This, I don't have an issue with money. I don't have an issue with money and being content. I know your parents do. Okay? Your parents struggle with money and being content. You know why? Because your parents think, this is what your parents think. They think if they had more money, that things would be better for them. That somehow money is magic. Money is magic. I wouldn't have the problems I have if I had money. And money buys stuff, and if I get better stuff, somehow things will be better. That's the way we think. That's what we struggle with, kids. What we do is we take uh, something else and we say, We don't need God. We don't need God. We need money or stuff. And for you kids, this is what I want to tell you. You may roll into school this next week or you may be in that situation where you're with kids in the soccer field or you're going to a birthday party or whatever and you're feeling that uneasy feeling inside and you're going, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know anybody here. I don't know, you know, I'm going to go all alone. My mom's going to leave me here. And oh, you get all those feelings. I want to tell you this. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's not important for you to have a lot of money. A lot of stuff, a lot of people around you, a lot of friends, a lot of any of these things. The most important thing, the most important thing that I could tell you is this. That God says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. It may be a scary school you go to. It may be a scary situation you head into. It may be a scary job interview or medical appointment that you go to. And God says, don't worry about it. I'm going with you. I think about this, um, kids. When I was a young boy, uh, not very frequently, but uh, every once in a while, my grandparents would come, and they'd give me a dollar or so, and they'd say, you can go to Save-On and go buy some candy. Now, that sounds all good and everything, to have a dollar or so and buy some candy. It sounds like a great deal, and it was. I liked it, Okay. But when you're a little guy and you're, you're going before the candy section and you're kind of hemming and hawing what candy to get and how much to get, there always comes in a math problem, huh, kids? Because you have a dollar and this candy costs this much and this candy costs this much and you just sit there and you keep on doing the math and that tax thing just blows our mind you know, with toys and stuff. How does that work? You know, Anyways, um, I still don't understand it, by the way. Why are they taking money from me? I don't get it. Uh, but you go up there, you do the math, and you go. I, I I think I have enough. I think I have enough. And you go up there, and you put your, your purchases up there. And uh, the the lady she's banging on the machine, and that's the way they used to do it. They used to punch buttons and stuff. They didn't just go. Wah. Um, but anyways, uh, the, and he says you owe a dollar and fifteen cents, and you get that awful feeling. Some of you are getting that awful feeling with me right now. And you're standing there and you're like, uh, um, it, being a little guy the way I was, I was like always, well, can we negotiate this? You know, uh, can we cut a deal here? Maybe I could get a job here. You know, I get all these ideas. And, and adults do this sometimes, kids. I don't know why they do this. They just kind of look down at you like this and go, you can't buy it if you don't have fifteen, And then they just stare at you and you feel awful there's that sense where you've come up short. You, you don't have it. You, oh, that awful feeling. You know what happened to me though? My grandparents were, where were there with me and they come in behind me and they say, we got it. We got it. We have the extra. You came up short, but I've got it. And as I understood that, as life went on, I realized that, that the one who covers me is much greater than my grandparents. That I don't go alone because my God, because of what Jesus did on the cross and His relationship that I have with Him, that I don't go to, alone to school, that I don't go alone anywhere. He goes with me. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never, I'll never turn my back on you. This is how, kids, this is how you can be ready to go when that school day comes or any scary situation. You can go and you can say, I got it. Not because I got it, but because he's got it. And I can be walk into those situations and be confident because of what um, he means to me and what I have in him. I want to pray now um, for the, the children that we have here, the students that we have, the kids that are heading off to school. I want to pray for the parents. Some of you parents, fearful couple of weeks. I know some of you are becoming empty nesters. Some of you are... Struggling with uh, sending a kid to the first time to school, all kinds of different things roll up in our mind. I want to pray for you as parents. You you fill a, a critical role, uh, a God given role in your children's life. I want to pray for teachers as well. Uh, we have teachers in our midst, uh, part of our church, um, and we want to encourage them with what God has for them. Let's pray. God, uh, thank you, thank you for having us covered in jesus god we never want to get used to the fact that um though we have failed miserably that you covering us had an awful cost of jesus that he died on the cross on our behalf and god i pray for the kids here today um i know sometimes we become uh we feel weird inside and we we don't want to go and we have all these thoughts going on in our mind. God, I I ask that by your Holy Spirit that you would calm their hearts, that you would help them to reflect on the truth of your word, what it says, that they would be confident, not in themselves, filled with their own self-love, but rather that they would be filled with you knowing that uh, they can trust in you wherever they go. God, I pray for the parents here. Lord, I ask that you would... Uh, tune their minds to trust you as well. I know often, uh, parents, we struggle with anxious thoughts of provision and uh, raising children. What are we doing? Are we doing the right thing? I pray that they would be engaged in their children's lives and and purposeful, that you grant them great wisdom and perseverance as they seek to serve you in a home. God, I also pray for teachers in this community, those who know you, I pray that they would be excellent teachers, that they would honor you in the classroom. And more than the subject matter, Lord, I pray that they would see themselves as ambassadors for you, as models of what it looks like to walk by faith. God, thank you for this morning. Ask your blessing on your church. In Jesus' name, amen.